All right, everybody, welcome back to T's and TD's. You know, this is the weekend that we made the podcast for. It is the Waste Management, although it's just called the WM Open now, TPC Scottsdale. And then we've got uh, that big football game on Sunday between the Rams and the Bengals. Sunday is just going to be an epic sports day. There's always fun finishes for this tournament. Um, so we'll spend a couple minutes talking about uh, the WM and, uh, the crazy atmosphere and, and all this fun stuff. And then tomorrow we're going to be talking to Aaron and Jim and kind of put our Super Bowl preview together. But the man that we have on to chat with me about all things, life, waste management, literal waste management. And, uh, the game on Sunday is my, my good buddy, Mike Shreve, Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How you doing, bud? Oh man, I'm just so happy you're here. Happy we're doing this. Happy we're chatting it up. It's um, been too long since I've seen your face, man. I know. I'm just yeah, and that's why people are demanding podcasts so they don't have to see my face when they listen to me talk, uh, <laughs> as opposed to what I do in my day job. But you know, here we are, um, Mike. Uh, I let's ask the first question. First of all, do you want to go to this tournament? It, it's the most raucous and crazy atmosphere. I read somewhere, I think they're expecting like 700,000 people uh, coming in and out over the course of the four days. We know what the 16th hold is. It's pretty much a minor league baseball stadium. Uh, would you want to go? And what would your plan of attack be for the day uh, in, in a PG kind of way, just in terms of... Would you try and spend a lot of time at 16? Would you get up at 4 a.m. and wait in line like they do? I mean, walk me through kind of what, what you think would be required to have a good time at the tournament. Great question, Dave. I, <laughs> I look at the Waste Management Open as a war of attrition. Um, <laughs> I think uh, if I were there, and, and to answer your question, it's absolutely on my bucket list as a place to go. I think every young golf fan uh, worth their salt will will agree with you there that this is – you know, it seems to be the one weekend where the PGA Tour kind of seems to let their hair down a little bit and embrace, you know, their young fans and, and kind of put a little whatever you want to call it behind it. But um, I don't know. I, I suppose if I were to go to the Waste Management Open, I would probably try to save it for a Sunday finish. Mm. Um, obviously, you got the big big game that you're going to be dealing with, but um I don't know if, if you're there in person, I think that maybe takes, uh, takes priority for the day, but, uh, good I point. suppose I would, I would get there early. I mean, we just saw a super dramatic finish last year with Brooks Kupka. Um, I, I would probably be tempted to be around 16 all day just for the people watching, you know, maybe the occasional <laughs> poll and then, uh, you know, maybe scurry over to 17 and 18 because those are two of maybe the most exciting finishing holes in golf. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, let's put it on the docket for next year. Shall oh we? man, I am very much game, uh, to do that. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the course and just kind of what's going on here. That, that atmosphere is clearly something that's attracting a better field, uh, in this tournament, we, we have some, some names of some guys. I, I, I came up with a list of guys who haven't played that are, that are kind of some big names here. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Patrick Cantlay is a favorite. He's never played in this tournament. Seamus power is a big name. He's played once in 19. He missed a cut. Uh, Adam Scott is a stud who's never played. Abraham answer has only played 
uh, once and, uh, and missed a cut. So, uh, just kind of interesting that we have some kind of big names that are sort of towards the top of the, uh, the odds board that, uh, that don't play. And clearly we're getting some awesome names, uh, for this one. So, um, real quick, I want to tick through, uh, the winners from the last couple of years, and then, uh, talk about a couple of things that I've found. And then we'll just talk about some, some bets, some guys we like, I'm sure one name of yours will certainly come up and we'll talk about that here in a second, but I don't know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> Hideki Matsuyama won in 16 and 17, Gary Woodland won in 18, one Richard Fowler won in 2019, Webb Simpson in 2020, Brooks Kepka in 2021. So, uh, and in just kind of doing some research here, uh, there's a couple nuggets that I came up, uh, that, that came up, uh, that are, that are kind of interesting. Um, this tournament always produces a pretty good winner. The average odds bet, uh, the average, uh, odds of the person who won in the last seven tournaments, the times this tournament was played was 29 to one. So that typically is somebody, uh, who's sort of higher up on the odds board. Um, we know that strokes gained off the tee. You have to be able to drive the ball well, and you have to be able to hit good iron shots. And with this being a desert course, uh, you can't be bad or crazy erratic off the tee. Uh, you need to hit it relatively well. It's why we've seen a couple of bombers. Tony Finau's had success here. John Rahm's had success here. Uh, those types of guys. And you have to be able to uh, uh, approach play matters a lot more. What you do around the green and on the green doesn't matter as much, but if you're a good approach player, uh, you're going to do pretty well. So those are guys, the the vast majority, according to dollars gained betting, those, those guys that hit uh, the approaches between 150 and 200 yards are high priority as well. The one other thing that's another nugget that's really interesting. This is the third most quote unquote sticky course where course history here really matters for guys who have played it. Hmm. Augusta is number one. Wiley, where they play the Sony open is number two. Hideki won that one TPC Scottsdale number three. So you have to be good off the tee. You typically are a good player. And, uh, and, uh, if you've played well here before, then this might be a, a good spot for you. Um, one other nugget, and then I'll let you talk. I'm sorry, I'm going on and on here. Uh, the other thing that the the golf betting system, uh, which is another podcast that I listened to that had some good nuggets, basically said guys who won here are good players who haven't won in a while, like about a year. So Kepka won in 21, hadn't won in, since the PGA Championship in 2019. So that was about a year and a half, two-year lag. Webb wins in 2020, hadn't won since the 2018 Players before that. So that was about a year and a half. Ricky won in 19, two-year gap. Honda Classic, he last won before that in 2017. Gary Woodland went five years without uh, winning. So he wins in 18 at TPC uh, uh, in Scottsdale. He didn't win since 2013 before that. So just a couple of things, a couple of nuggets out there. Any reaction to those? And if not, I'm just bringing the heat. Who, who were some just... names? Who were some guys that you like? That was some quality content there, and, there and we're, we're very much on this, the same wavelength. I think a lot of the same rhetoric um, going around the golf world right now is is driving accuracy is incredibly important on this mm. track. Um, I saw something that is there's over seventy bunkers on this course, which yep. is just an unusually high number. Yeah, you've got three major water hazards that come into play on seventeen and eighteen. I, I, seventeen is 
maybe one of my favorite holes in golf, which happens to be directly after the most notable hole in golf. Um, I just, it's a super drivable par four, but it's surrounded by water. It can completely dictate how the, the tournament uh, ends up, which, you know, I think as golf fans, that's, that's what we ultimately look for. So Brooks, Brooks, um, Brooks, that chip in on 17 was his best yeah. shot of the year. And it was an oh eagle that, that sealed it for him. It was awesome. Right. Right. So, uh, I mean, you, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, it accuracy is important here, but I also think another thing that, you know, you had mentioned, it's been a bit of a hodgepodge, um, of people that have won this, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's plenty of intangibles here. You know, I think, you know, when you, when you remove the fact of the difficulty of the golf course and you, you start to mention that there's going to be over 700,000 people navigating through there, a lot of them will be, you know, intoxicated, obnoxious, <laughs> you name it. It's, it's a lot of stuff that some golfers can either embrace and use it to their advantage or can let it dictate how they play. So um, I kind of tried to keep that in mind when I was, was floating out a couple of picks that I had for you here, but I think, I think real quick, I think that's a really good point for another uh, reason. I'm not saying I'm nervous that something bad's going to happen, but this is also the first year where mobile sports betting is legal in Arizona. So you're going to have guys that are enjoying (laughs) themselves, enjoying themselves on the course who knows. And it's crazy to think that like, these guys are, that this could be a factor guys or girls, you know, betting or whatever. And, you know, one of the great fears that we always hear about in, in terms of golf betting are people who uh, are going to try and get a guy to mess up or yell during a backswing, obviously 16 people yell regardless. But I, I, I was certainly thinking about like the swag of somebody and guys who are, are stoic and, and sort of have, you know, that, that mentality that we see where they're stoic and don't necessarily get impacted by stuff or guys that just kind of love it and bring it on the bubbas of the world and, and those types. So I think that's a really good point. And one that I've certainly kept in mind as I've kind of tried to handicap this. So with that in mind, my friend, I have a pick (laughs) that you are going to absolutely love. Um, Leader after the first round, I, put one unit on this uh that is tony finau for plus four thousand. Oh man and i, I love now it. hear me out he's love coming it. off he's coming off a miscut at tory so i'm thinking he's going to want to make a statement you know start out strong and the last time he played this tournament you you touched on it earlier he uh he lost to webb in 2020 in a playoff so he knows the course he is a guy that is not afraid of the big moment he's been there a bunch and you know hopefully he breaks out a kobe jersey again i don't you never love know. Love it. And uh, and yeah, I just I thought that was an incredibly good value pick there. Just you know, spread five ten bucks on and see if you hit it big. You know how much I love first round leader bets, so uh, <laughs> why not Tony? I absolutely I, I feel that I feel that in my plums. <laughs> um, all right, what are some other guys? Who are some other names that you really like uh, for for the tournament? So another guy I had earmarked here. Um, which I was pretty confident about until you mentioned that he's only played here once and he missed a cut was Abe answer. Mm. I, uh, I, that's a I name. Cut. I love diving into. Go ahead. What, what, so go ahead. My guy, my guy, honest Abe is 10th in <laughs> fairways gained. And I just, I think he's the kind of guy that has the mental fortitude to kind of power through a place like TPC Scottsdale. And um, I noticed that his payout for the top 10 was plus 600. So Mm. I I kind of found some good value in there with him. I think he's a guy that, uh, 
you know, is competitive enough to remember the last time he was here and, and the miscut that he, that he endured and, you know, maybe attack this with a little more, uh, a little more vigor this time or something. He has, he has that reputation of being incredibly accurate off the tee and incredibly sharp with his irons. He's not the longest guy, but uh, one of the other things is that this course is at elevation and it's, it's in the desert. It's going to be pretty dry. There might be a little bit of wind. So uh, distance off the tee, sometimes not as huge of a factor here as, as being accurate with it. And uh, I really, he was a name that kept popping up in a couple of the models that I made that I really, he was high up. Uh, but he just hasn't played that great this year, but I absolutely see a world look Brooks Brooks uh, uh, missed the cut. Uh, he, he didn't play well at all at this tournament and leading up to this tournament last year. And then all of a sudden it was his first win, but he had a, he had a stretch in between his wins uh, there. So I, I definitely see a world where, where somebody who's not the hottest can come in and, and take care of business and answer certainly has the statistical profile to do that. So I, I like uh, the top 10 bet on him at that value feels pretty good for one of, one of the best, ball strikers in the field another guy i uh, was taking a look at here he's ninth in strokes gained t to green uh he comes from the great north mr Corey connors uh plus 220 to top 20 um i don't exactly view him as a killer i don't i don't know if he'll rise to the occasion but um he's a guy that's insanely accurate and as you said you know it's a it's a relatively short course on the tour and you, you add the elevation to the element and you know that that kind of neutralizes a lot of the longer hitters i like i love that he i again a guy kind of like answer where i he he has had a slow start but he's such a good ball striker and he's he's definitely kind of a jazzy name uh that's been tossed around and and i absolutely love uh him and and might have spread a little bit on on him as well already (laughs) and then the last one i got for you and then i'll i'll cut you loose with some of your picks but um I uh, I went with the Mike Shreve exclusive. This is something all of you listeners at home could put your mortgage on. Uh, <laughs> Please don't put your mortgage on this. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky Fowler to top forty is plus one forty. So that's uh, that's going to be a total total homer pick on my behalf. But um, I mean, he's obviously won here before. He's due for a breakout. I you know just as a fan, I need this, but. Um, <laughs> top 40 seems well within reason well the um he was 11th fourth and second before he won and has won this thing so when you talk about sticky course history a guy who doesn't shy away from the moment we don't need to repeat on the podcast what was being chanted at him in the uh, 16th (laughs) hole uh earlier on but uh he certainly definitely is somebody who um who feels comfortable here and could for all intents and purposes play well. And I, you know, I love a guy who gets plus odds in, in the top 40. So um, I am a hundred percent on board with that as well. So recap those uh, for us really quickly. Again, uh, I've got Tony Finau first round leader at plus 4,000. That's a shot in the dark, but you never know. Um, Corey Connors plus 220 to top 20. Ricky plus 140 to top 40. And my guy, Honest Abe, answer plus 600 to top 10. Awesome. So, little mixed bag. I, I didn't, the PGA is too unpredictable for me to, to hammer it down to an outright winner. I, I just, I'm totally Understood. averse to that pick. Understood. 
All right. I'll go, I'll go through mine really quickly as well. I think there's a world, I, I can't imagine a world where I bet this tournament and don't bet Hideki Matsuyama to at least uh, top 10. Uh, those have plus odds. Um, he loves this track. I love him to win 16 to one uh, fourth, second, first, first, 15th, 16th, 42nd last year. So uh, those are amazing numbers. He has already won this year. He won in Japan at the end of last year at the Zozo. Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, we could be witnessing peak Hideki. And this is a guy who's comfortable uh, at an incredible venue. So uh, it doesn't make sense to, to leave him alone here. Another guy that kept popping up in some models that I was really interested in just because of his ability to drive the ball. And I should tell you, I love your, your Connors pick. And this is such a strong field that it's really hard to kind of leave guys out. Um, but uh, just keeping in mind the 29 to one uh, is the average. I'm not going too, too deep down and I could come up with reasons to fade a lot of guys, but Luke list um, has uh, again, won a couple weeks ago, I, not necessarily thinking he's going to win, but at 55 to one, I think it's absolutely worth just a little bit of a dabble. Uh, he's finished 25th in 2020. He finished 21st uh, last year. And that was before he even, um, won this year and striking the ball incredibly well off the tee and with his irons. And he's just kind of being overlooked because he won a couple weeks ago and it's hard to win twice in this close to proximity and with this strong of a field, but Luke list, uh, just at that 55 to one, uh, really, really like, um, to top 20, he's plus two seventy. Um, which I really uh, think is good value um, on that as well. KH Lee is another guy. He's 120 to one. I'm putting a little smidge on that um, as well as another guy who's this far down the board. Again, not a lot, but at 120 to one, he has, he almost won this thing last year. He finished in the top five. He plays, and this is something that uh, uh, analyst that is named Sia Najad uh, came up with. He plays incredibly well on TPC courses, uh, all of them. So uh, he's a guy that, that uh, I, I just like for the, for the name and for the course history here as well. Um, he's plus 430 to top 20 um, and plus odds down the board. If you want to go a little further, if that's your first time betting him. And then the other guy, there's, there's one other guy that's, that's a little bit further down the board that I'm going to be putting a top 40 bet on at plus 160 is Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, not a name that always gets a lot of buzz, uh, kind of overlook him. He's been incredible off the tee this year and uh, has really remade his iron game. And that's something uh, that if, if around the green and putting aren't as important here, and that's part of the reason I think I like list in the form that he's in right now. Uh, it's why I think I really like Keith Mitchell because he's an elite driver of the golf ball right now. He's very good with his irons, his last 24 rounds uh, that the data bears out that he's, he's been a stud in that regard. So he's the, he's a guy that I really like plus plus one sixty to top 40. And then, my ultra <laughs> top dog. This is my, my guy that I think is going to win the tournament is Scotty Scheffler. Oh, Scotty Scheffler 24 to one finished seventh last year. Hasn't splashed a lot the last uh, so far this season, but is playing well enough. You talk about the moment and, and Scottsdale, we watch him during the Ryder cup last year. He takes on John Rom, beats him in the Sunday singles with this crazy atmosphere, 
I just feel like Scotty's due, and and I am am just banging the drum that he's so good with his irons and so good off the tee and a little bit longer off the tee that it'll give him a distinct advantage. So he's that matching of form and approach play and and off the tee and and being just good enough with the putter and having a little bit of history here that Scotty Scotty makes me feel like this could be the week for him. So he's the one that I'm really just kind of. I'm I'm into Scotty this week. I'll I'll just put it and leave it at that. Love that pick. Love that pick. I'll uh, I'll forever fade Keith Mitchell though for depriving us of a Brooks and Ricky Fowler playoff at the Honda, Honda Classic. Oh my God. He he won. He the, just yeah. came and swooped in like a condor. And God just bless him. Ripped my heart out. But God um, bless him. Yeah, I know. I think the Scotty pick is fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, you put a lot of equity there in, in uh, the ball strikers and Matsuyama. I think that's that's a fantastic call. Luke Lisk, fantastic ball striker. So, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of content for the betters out there to absorb. But um, love it, you know, love I it. I think those, there's some good stuff there. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for you to text me on uh, at at uh, five p.m. on Thursday, calling me an idiot, uh, which has been customary here in the last couple of uh, couple of weeks. But well, I, I just fair, have to the- remind you. Of, to to you be know, fair. You- we're done. With the, we're done with the course rotations. We we are we now. The hard part is knowing that there are really good fields and figuring out which guys to take and which ones not to. Um, so I I I just want to be very transparent that uh, I, I feel more comfortable starting to handicap these. So when this all goes wrong, then I'll just uh, quit the podcast and we'll we'll call it a day. So all right, when you when you've got a podcast that has the reach that. That TDs and T's has, and, and you broadcast to the world that uh, Jordan Spieth will miss a cut, and then he proceeds to hand it away in the last few holes, but finish runner-up. I, I stand by. You, the you need a reminder. He yeah, was in need... terrible form. Every podcast that I've listened to, other people are like, <laughs> he just it all looked weird. It looked uncomfortable. It was the height of the Jordan Spieth experience. But I, as I've said, it's so it's fun when he's good. I just did not expect him to put that performance to say nothing of the pro-am element of it. Just like these guys are playing six hour rounds. Like, it's just so like, I just felt like if he was going to get back into his groove, it wasn't going to be in, in this type of tournament, but alas, here we are. And he's playing this weekend. So who knows if, uh, if it'll be a good fit for him here. So, all right, Michael Sunday, yes. give me your yes. top line thoughts. What do you expect from oh, this game? Man, I uh, I've got a smorgasbord <laughs> of picks that I've already made, and none of them have any reason behind them. But um, I'm I suppose I'm bucking the trend a little bit. It seems uh, it seems the Bengals are the very uh, trendy pick for a lot of people. You know, they've they've kind of been adopted by the rest of the country as the, the darlings. Um, I heard a statistic on a podcast the other day that, uh, I, and that might be wrong here, but something along the lines of the Bengals have played 16 games this year that have been decided by three points or less, um, which I might be off on a couple games there, but I knew that it was a very 16. a big number of games that they've played that have just been an absolute coin flip in, in the way that they've been decided. Um, most notably, notably my Raiders that they, they knocked out in the wild card round, but um I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think Stafford came to L.A. for this exact moment. I mean, they've they've made a bunch of key acquisitions throughout the year. And we saw in 
the uh, the championship and the divisional round games, those guys that they went out and got like Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and and uh, I'm blanking on a couple of the other additions, right? Oh, OBJ, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to gel. I think the uh, LA Rams look like a Super Bowl team. Um, and that's not to take anything away from what the Bengals have done. It's It's been remarkable. I'm I'm happy for a lot of the people in Western Ohio. They've they've been long starved of 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 good professional football programs. So you know it's it's certainly an exciting time for the Bengals and their fan base. But um, I'm kind of of the thinking that I think their luck's going to run out, and uh, it might be in dramatic fashion. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going with the the Rams. And I've also been suckered into an exacto pick because I saw uh, on Twitter that, that some guy, guy got paid uh, up $575,000. But um, what was your exacto pick? My exacto pick? I guess it'll, t- that'll tell, it'll also tell us if you think the Rams are going to cover. Actually, with my exacto pick, I, I guess I'm saying that they don't. But uh, I went 28-27 Rams, oh. um, which when we texted you immediately shot down and said that there will be way too many field goals for that I to be an outcome. There are going to be a lot of field goals. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I just, I've got a hunch that the Rams will win for no other reason than, you know, they've spent all of this year for this exact game. So got it. And so just uh, so we have you on record, we're, we're saying, we're saying Bengals cover, but Rams money line. Is that, is that where you're at? Yeah. yeah let's, all right. let's go with that. I, uh, right. I've thrown out a bunch of anytime touchdown scores and whatnot, but um, that's, that's basically the messaging I'm trying to send out there. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, I'll talk more. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, Oh, you got to keep this under wraps. No, it's not even that. I I honestly still haven't decided. I I like, I love this game. And the more I like think about this game, I think it's going to be great. I'm envisioning a world. I like, I'm envisioning the scenarios where uh, everything happens, but I haven't quite decided what my main pick is yet. I want to pick the Bengals money line, honestly, just because of the value. But I also am wondering if there's some like Sean McVay realizes, you know, that he overthought the last one and, and let's, you know, let's, let's Stafford cook and uh, comes up with ways to, to mitigate whatever the Bengals are going to try and do defensively. I, I just think he's, he's, he's a great schemer in that regard. So, but I also see like who wants to bet against Burrow right now. So um, yeah. we'll see just real quick before we wrap up. Cause I looked this up. Okay. Bang. I'm going to give you the, the margin of the winner loss this year in all the Bengals uh, uh, game. So we've got three, three, 14, three, three, uh, a lot more, uh, the, 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 uh, so bad at math, 23, they crushed the Ravens three to the jets. Uh, they lost, uh, a high number, a high number, a high number, a high number three, okay, so whatever data I was given three to totally the 49ers wrong. five, uh, to the Broncos three chiefs. So they played nine over half of their games were five points or less. So maybe that's go. what it was. I suppose that was the, uh, the point. That's 16 games. Yeah, I was God, I was told, there, I was so. told there would be no math. So, <laughs> Oh my God. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. no, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Give me uh give me Rams, but a Bengals cover. You I like, like it. Rams cover. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you parlay that, you could probably get like plus like six fifty plus 700 if you parlay those outcomes together. So it happened with the uh, Niners Rams. So who knows? It could totally happen again. I'll be throwing all my liquid cash at uh, Ricky Fowler top 
40. That's the other thing. And this is something I heard on another <laughs> podcast that I want to make sure that we're, we're on the same page with. If you, if you live in a state with live betting, the Sunday finish at TPC is real. Brooks was down six when he made the turn on Sunday. So if there's a name up there, I mean, look, if John Rom, we didn't even talk about Rom. He's the heavy favorite. He's went to Arizona state loves, loves this, you know, has, has played well at this venue. If that guy's five strokes back at the beginning of the day, Sunday, he's going to have higher odds than he does right now uh, to win. So uh, they, they play 72 for a reason. So uh, just keep that in mind. If there's like a big name up there with that kind of history, uh, to, to maybe do that with the live bet. I live bet Brooks last year when he was four shots back and it was 20 to one. And I wound up cashing that one. So, uh, if, if only we had another good story about you trying to place live bet and, uh, and me talking you out of it. It's still, so it still hurts <laughs> for those listening. I was at Mike's house. We were watching the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. We haven't been able to track down because this story, the, the odds number gets bigger every time we we tell this story. I'm convinced it was, it it was, was like number. it was like when it was 28 to three, I said, what would five bucks on the Patriots net me? And I want to say it was in the like five to six hundred range like it was it. But there's no way that number was one hundred to one. Uh, unless like the Falcons had the ball, but there were, you know, there were 23 minutes left in the game. Long story short, Mike said, Mike said, I'd be throwing money away and and we all know what happened and how that game ended. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Patriots to start the second half went three and out. And I think that's when you turned to me and said, we should live bet the Patriots because Tom Brady. And I looked at you and I said, you need to stop drinking my friend. Um, to be fair, I wasn't drinking cause I had to be up at 3 AM the next day. And I did not watch <laughs> the end of the game because I, Oh my gosh, this makes me hurt. This did, makes my head hurt. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I never should have brought it up. That was it's bad. Okay. It's okay. Tony Finau won the uh, Liberty national uh, one, won a golf tournament. So it's all good. So Mike Shreve, <laughs> thank you for hopping on. Thanks, buddy. Great I, uh, to be here. We Thanks will, for having me. Uh, we will have uh, Jim and Aaron on uh, tomorrow and post that tomorrow night as a Super Bowl mega preview. And uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to T's and TDs and uh, supporting the pro- the pod. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon.